I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, May 25th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Peak Pals, from showcasing unbelievably cheap European apartments to 30-day travel itineraries across Asia, you can trust TikTok to show you where the grass is always greener. And one TikToker is doing just that, taking a shot at the high cost of Canadian real estate, specifically by creating a series around comparing real estate listings with literal European castles. I've seen this, Jay. It is shocking to me. Although I have to ask, do you even want to live in a castle? I'd rather live on Queen Street just to bring it back to people who live in castles. Yeah, things on Queen Street and King Street are expensive. I get it. Yeah, I got it. I don't love it, but I got it. Yeah, I think my problem with castles is that they're not modern. Like these are old buildings, so I'm not sure they have heating. I'm not sure how the plumbing is. And so anyways, I see his point in that you can buy this like massive 12 bedroom castle in Scotland for a million dollars, which is what you would get for a three bedroom semi-detached here. But in the end, I'd probably take the three bedroom semi-detached over the castle. Is that crazy? Well, it's closer proximity to Tim Hortons. Yeah, I don't think they've expanded far enough into Scotland to make the castle a possible acquisition for me. But hey, if the restaurant brands international folks are listening, you know, maybe uh, maybe consider it. We'll see if RBI is moving into Scotland. Brett, aside from European castles and their price, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, we're number one, at least in debt. For our second story, AI comes for the podcasters. That's terrifying. And for our last story, why cities can't have nice things anymore. For our first story, sometimes being number one isn't anything to brag about. Take Canada's household debt situation, for example. Brett, what's driving the news on debt? So Canada tops the G7 when it comes to household debt as a share of GDP, according to a report by the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation. Our household debt to GDP ratio was 107%, well above any other G7 country. The U.S., for example, their share is 78%, and in the U.K., it's 86%. While households in the U.S. and U.K. spent the past decade paying down their debts, Canadian households have piled on more to pay for ever more expensive homes. Mortgages now account for three quarters of Canadians' debt, up from around 64% in 2010. And this all matters a lot because lots of debt makes people more vulnerable to economic downturns. If you're stuck paying a big chunk of your income to service debt, you have less cushion to manage financial setbacks, like losing a job, for example. This is a quote. When many households in an economy are heavily indebted, the situation can quickly deteriorate, such as what was witnessed in the U.S. in 2007 and 2008. Those scary words are from CMHC Deputy Chief Economist Alid Ablorwes. That's what he wrote in the paper today. So to zoom out, with home prices back on the rise and rents surging, many Canadians have little option but to rack up more and more debt. So long as the job market remains strong, this might be manageable. But if unemployment starts to rise, one of the expected effects of higher interest rates, remember, many people could quickly find themselves underwater. For our second story, there are a lot of podcasts, about 4 million to be exact, from old roommates to distant relatives to yours truly, Jay and I. Starting a podcast has become a rite of passage into adulthood, which we're finally at, Jay. Are we adults? Finally. It took okay. us a while, but we once, once the podcast kicked off, we got there. It's like a bar and bat mitzvah. Anyway, now the generative AI boom is set to contribute even more to audio content to an already endless library of podcast options. This, according to Wired, AI-generated podcasts have officially arrived. Now, whether anyone actually wants them or not, apparently they have arrived. 
And it matters because AI-generated content likely won't soar to the top of the charts anytime soon, not just because podcasting platforms may end up banning it, but because its highest and best use might look more like shows that summarize stories, like something called Hacker News Recap, which uses AI to do just that. It's worth noting that podcasters have already openly embraced AI in more subtle ways, like for help with research, script writing, editing, and recording their ads. Some not-so-legit uses that have emerged, too. One recently AI-generated conversation between Joe Rogan and Sam Altman has racked over half a million views on YouTube. The Joe Rogan AI experience also includes episodes with other fake guests, like fake Donald Trump. It's not yet clear whether these types of podcasts stick around, given the limitations around the content itself and legally using another person's voice or likeness. And here's the bottom line. Most creators are experimenting with AI right now because it's a fun thing to do. Apart from listening to the podcast because of its technological advancement, there's no point, at least the fake Joe Rogan podcast creator told Wired, it's really just a waste of time. Well, we're talking about it. What does it say about us? I know. For our third story, we regret to inform you that city budgets across the country have gotten so tight, which is relatable, that they're starting to take away the fun stuff. That's right, Jay. It's sad to see. This year's Canada Day celebrations in Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto have been canceled with the city citing resource constraints. It's a low-stakes example of how shrinking municipal funds across the city might start to impact day-to-day life. It matters because cities across the country are grappling with budget shortfalls caused in part by revenue lost and cost added during the pandemic. That could soon result in cuts to key services, not just Canada Day stuff, like transit, garbage collection, and libraries that will make you forget all about these canceled fire Toronto leads the pack with a shortfall of $1 billion, followed by Vancouver at $500 million, Montreal at $80 million, Winnipeg at $70 million, and Ottawa at $12 million shortfall. There is a bright spot, Brett. Calgary, that's the bright spot. The city is floating on a $65 million budget surplus. Maybe they could spread the wealth around. If the federal government doesn't chip in more, Canada's major cities will have to use some combination of budget cuts, tax hikes, and higher fees like you pay for transit or at city pools to balance their books. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And Brett, I'm going to book a trip for Canada to Calgary. They'll probably have fireworks there. Yeah, you'll be watching your fireworks from Calgary. And I'll be in my castle in Scotland, lighting them off. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. Have a good day, Brett. You too. When you give me shockwaves.